All right, welcome back to our study in systematic theology. Uh, welcome to our visitors. Thank you for joining us. We are now doing our first session in the new year, and we took a little break for the holidays, so in case you've forgotten, last time we did Providence. This time we're on number 16. We'll be doing Created, created Out of Nothing, our Creatio Ex Nihilo. And uh, usually the format we like to do is we do kind of an introduction to, to what we're looking at and um, then we do pause and we watch our video together uh, with uh, Dr. Sproul. And then after the video, we come back together and we have an overview sheet. I uh, hope everyone has their sheet. And we go through this together, kind of recap what we looked at, make sure we all uh, got it and understood it. And then we do an open discussion at the end with some questions and, and just whatever conversation we want to have. Um, I've also asked uh, John to read a few scripture verses for us. Um, as I, I'm going to open by reading an article as a way of introduction. I'm going to pause uh, once in a while and ask John to read for us. Uh, also, at the end, too, we're going to... I forgot to bring my confession. I'll have to grab one. But we are going to look at chapter 4 of our confession as well. i got it right here for you. Okay. <laughs> Good. Thank Come you. Come prepared. <laughs> All right. All right. No sentence is more pregnant with meaning than the opening one of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, Genesis 1.1. It tells us several things all at once, four of which are worth reflecting upon. First and foremost, it tells us that God is the ultimate being. Before there was a universe, there was God. He exists independently of matter and sequence of time. God transcends space and time. He's not limited by spatial considerations. He is everywhere in his fullness and continuity. Nor is he locked into the present in any way. It is not strictly accurate to say that before the universe was created, there was nothing, quote-unquote. For this, too, is a spatial and temporal idea. Before the created universe existed, there was God. Theologians speak of God's immensity, infinity, and transcendence to describe this, and, <coughs> and our minds race at the thought of it, unable to take it in. All we can do is acquiesce and worship. Second, everything that exists originates from God. Genesis employs a special Hebrew verb for the act of creation, Beira, the subject of which is always God. No other subject is employed or implied. Man, too, quote-unquote, creates. Think of poetry, music, literature, architectural wonders, for example. But not in this sense. To create, quote-unquote, is exclusively an act of God, and by employing it in the first and last verse of the creation story, 1-1 and 2-4, the writer is employing something that looks like bookends that encase the central idea that God is at work. Easy as this is to write and read, try to imagine the power it takes to bring into existence the entire cosmos. Third, he creates out of nothing. A grammatical possibility has given rise to at least one translation of the opening verses suggesting that when God began his work of creation, matter already existed. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void. Contrast that with the English Standard Version. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. The point of this second rendition is to emphasize a crucial issue that God created out of nothing, ex nihilo. 
Other ancient Near Eastern creation stories, from Egypt to Mesopotamia, for example, assume that their gods worked with material that already existed. However, biblical testimony here and elsewhere insists that at the point of being at the point of the beginning, there was nothing apart from God. And let's read uh, Hebrews 11.3. It reads, By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Okay, let's also read Revelation 4.11. Okay. Sure. Okay. It says, Worthy are you, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Okay. Um, so let me, let me start that sentence over since we pause. Um, however, biblical testimony here and elsewhere insists that at the point of the beginning there was nothing apart from God, and what exists apart from God was brought into being by Him. Fourth, and this is particularly interesting, that which he initially creates is not its final form. He creates in order to employ further artistry and design. Beginners in Hebrew seminaries can often be heard repeating a phrase from Genesis 1-2, the earth was without form and void. What God initially brought into being was formless and empty mass. Initially, the created universe had no distinctive shape. Its structure would be formed by the artistry and design of God. In this sense, we are like God. We too fashion and mold and make things that are often beautiful. It is, in part, what Genesis 1, 26 and 27 means by saying that Adam was created in the image of God. Man, too, creates, or better, recreates, shapes his environment in such a way as to reflect something pleasing and good. Once man fell, the capacity became as much a liability as a blessing. His capacity to fashion became a means to idolatry. What should we make of this? Again, several responsive features are worth consideration, but two will suffice here. In the first place, God is to be worshipped as the creator. Creation is to be viewed as a reflection of the signature of God. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Psalm 19.1 O Lord, how manifold are your works! In wisdom have you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Psalm 104.24 We live out our lives in a world that he has created and sustains. All around us and within us there are fingerprints betraying his handiwork. Knowing this, as we do whether we acknowledge it or not, should make us live dependently, reverently, and expectantly. In the second place, creation is never to be viewed as inherently evil, as some philosophies have taught. God intends in his plan of salvation to recreate this fallen world and provide for his redeemed children a new heavens and a new earth in which to live. Even now the present creation waits, 8.19, subjected to futility as it has been by sin, Let's read Romans 8.20. Romans 8.20. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Groaning in sounds that resemble childbirth, 8.22. For the new world. Let's read Matthew 19.28. Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you have, who have followed me, 
will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. The home of the righteous. Let's read Second Peter three thirteen. And that reads, uh, but according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. The resurrected redeemed will thus dwell in a transformed physical universe in union and communion with their resurrected Lord. This strand of biblical teaching ensures that we never view creation and our physical bodies apart from God's claim of ownership and demand for holiness. We are, as Paul insists, to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, as an act of spiritual worship. Read Romans 12.1. Romans 12.1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Hmm. The story of creation signals that we are God's handiwork, made by Him and for Him, and that through redemption forever. So I hope that's a good introduction to what we're looking at today. Um, Creatio ex nihilo. We're going to pause now. We're going to watch our video, hopefully on this screen. If not, we'll move over. Um, and then after our video, we'll continue to look at our, our overview and have our discussion. All right, so we have just finished watching our video for this session. Now let's go through our review and our discussion. And like I said, at the end of it, we'll take a brief look at our confession as well. So number 16, creatio ex nihilo. Introduction, all things are created by God ex nihilo, that is, out of nothing. All things came into being by the command of his word. Here we look at the Christian doctrine of creation and how it differs from secular and atheistic views of creation. Overview, the doctrine of creation. The doctrine of creation is the central issue that separates secularism and supernatural religion. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. There is a beginning, there's God, and there's creation. The beginning of the universe. Most secularists acknowledge the universe had a beginning, but the nature of that beginning is disputed. Some, though, debate whether there is a universe at all, and he mentioned those solipsists and the absurdity of that idea. <laughs> there are three basic options for the answer of the question of creation. One, eternal, self-existent. Uh, self Two, created by a being who is self-existent, and included in this is the Christian worldview. And three, self-created, which, as we discussed, is irrational. The conceptual grandfather of the self-creation hypothesis is spontaneous generation. Chance, which is a legitimate scientific concept to be used when trying to discover mathematical possibilities, is not a being or power. Chance cannot influence anything. It is a mathematical entity, not a thing. The idea of a self-existent material world is indeed a popular idea, the, the idea is that there is a stable, self-existent part of the universe somewhere, and that portion is like a power core or battery. Therefore, there is no need for a transcendent being to create or sustain the visible universe. And so he talked about this, uh, this phrase, ex nihilo nihil fit, means out of nothing, nothing comes. 
So Creatio Ex Nihilo teaches that God called the universe into existence and did not shape or form it from pre-existing material. God gave the word, the divine fiat, and the universe began. So uh, let's uh, look at some questions here. What does ex nihilo mean? Well, this is more of a, a recap here because I've got the answers, but it means out of nothing. Is the idea of spontaneous generation flatly rejected by the scientific community today? No, sadly it is not. <laughs> You'd think it would be. Which theory of origins denies the existence of the universe? That's illusion. To what do most scientists attribute the beginning of the universe? Random chance. <laughs> what led the demise what led to the demise of the God hypothesis? The Enlightenment. Uh, when scripture speaks of God as transcendent, what does it mean? It means God is above all things in his being, not just in his location. So let's look at some discussion here. In Genesis 1:1. Uh, three terms define the creation debate. What are they? The beginning, God, and creation. Correct. And why Why are those three things so essential, so important to, to understand? Well, it's just part of the, the, the overall uh, defense of your worldview, of the worldview, um, where people are rabid defenders of just random chance we know by faith and through divine word that in the beginning that the universe did have a beginning mm -hmm. God spoke it into existence and that's how we have the creation we have today right so I think it's interesting how you pointed out all, all three of those points um, you know our, our culture likes to deny or debate all absolutely. three of those absolutely that there was a beginning that there is a god or that anything could have ever been romans created one in real time right that <laughs> we live that every day 24 7 romans one in real time <laughs> yeah um yeah go ahead Matthew. just uh, on that one um another story i heard that kind of correlates with this is breaks it up from the three into five is uh, related to uh, herbert spencer who's uh responsible for the survival of the fittest quote that we have today. Mm. Uh, he was influenced by Darwin, but he won the Nobel Prize in Physics at the turn of the 20th century for determining that all things in the universe come down to five items, which is time, force, space, uh, sorry, time, force, action, space, and matter. So time in, in the beginning, force, God, action created, uh, the heavens, space, and the earth, matter. Right. And it goes back again to, to what John was just saying, is that this is not something that is just even acknowledged by the Christian worldview, but even, you know, secular science, even yeah. a, a Darwinist, mm -hmm. you know, is arriving at this conclusion that these mm -hmm. things have to be components of our existence and, and the universe's existence in order for it to have any kind of rationality whatsoever. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's been a long time since I went through it, but I, I went through a, a study with um, James Kennedy a long time ago talking mm -hmm. about the whole idea of uh, evolution. And so he, he used like Darwin's own words against him, and, and eventually it was comical, but eventually um, he, he made a quote about, you know, if this, that, or whatever, throw it away, it's trash. And then he showed from his very own book that that's what he's stating. <laughs> he threw it in the trash. So. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's been a while, so I can't tell you exactly what he was talking about, but it was a fun series. Um, so what is chance? Mathematical. 
Mm-hmm. That's medical possibilities. What what is it not? A being or power. <laughs> yeah, it's well, their leg to stand on. So it, that that's like they put the fancy word. They put the fancy word to it to say, oh, it's chance. You know that word. It goes with math. Math is real. You know, science <laughs> yeah. science is is real. You know, this is this that that is their one. You know. There is a chance that the universe spontaneously created itself. The chance is just zero. <laughs> yeah, <there you> go. <laughs> Zero is a chance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I get what you're saying, Erica. It, it, it makes it sound scientific and smart and mathematical because you're throwing in the word chance there. Um, I think he's right, but no one wants to go around espousing self creation. Mm-hmm. People just look at you like, are you nuts? <laughs> so. But I mean, that's, that's the, the basis of their entire argument. And then you, you have nature around you. Uh, that demonstrates the exact opposite, you know. Mm-hmm. You're you're here because of a mother and a father, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, trees are, are, are here by, uh, you know, the passing off of seeds. And they even within the tree system, you have male and female. So you look at the birds in the air, the beasts, everything. I mean, it's like, where are y'all, where do you get this from? <laughs> you know, it's just it's not even a good explanation or, or a good shot at an explanation yeah. scales that's where they get it yeah scales. yeah scales. i like how pastor um pastor david said a couple weeks ago how when you're not in the faith that your reason just changes mm-hmm. and it just and it helped me where where just like you just said john it's like how where do they get it from how can they and it's just like there's, there's no reason there Right, and we've also often talked about, David has, uh, about how um, this clouded thinking, this illogical thinking, um, you know, it's, it's reprobate mind, the base mind, and it, it is the judgment. It's not, you know, people talk about the craziness going on and we're going to be judged for this. No, that, that is the judgment. They've been handed over judgment, to a debased yeah. mind and they can't think straight. We mm-hmm. see it worse and worse every day. People just can't think straight. Um, I was thinking that same thing as we were watching that video. I was thinking... I was kind of just thinking to myself that of how blessed we are that sorry that it makes sense to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that is a blessing that God has opened our eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. What are the three basic options for explaining the nature of the creation of the universe? Self-existence created by a being self-existence. And uh, just spontaneous. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny one, right? Yeah. Although, I will add that Neil deGrasse Tyson has come up with a new one. Um, just to show the, the, the extent to which they'll go to try to excuse this, he was asked uh, a hypothetical uh, of whether he thought that the universe could have just been created as a video game an online video game that some alien, you know, adolescent is playing in his bedroom, and he's like, "Yeah, I could, I could see that." Where he's just created, basically, it would be this, this adolescent would be God, right? Have all yeah. the power of God. He's just become a person that yeah. I can't stand. It, I mean, and I really don't want. I, I really don't want to feel that way. But he just doesn't know when to shut up. You know, he just keep, he'll keep running at it. You know, and. and Bouncing off of another idea and just keep going again. You know? So it's such a smooth voice. To kind of, kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you remember the, the old, uh, I guess, 60s show Twilight Zone? Remember that? 
So I remember watching an episode forever ago, and that was the concept. And basically, it was all about an ant farm. And then, you know, the person's creating the ant farm and everything. And then later in the episode, it zooms out and you discover the world is its own ant farm by some superior being, you know, playing with us and moving us around. I think that was Men in Black to put on as well. But, like, you know, it was interesting watching Dr. Sproul here because this is, you know, kind of what you were saying, John, a moment ago. I think one of the things that we need to distinguish, and again, you find this harder and harder to find atheists that are this dogmatic now. It seems to have died out to a certain degree for, for at least the time being. I will being. speak to anyone graduating from a public high school. This is a this is an everyday discussion with my son. Okay. Well, yeah. there's a key distinction that's good. Um, uh, it's the difference between science and philosophy. Yeah. Right? Because mathematics isn't actually a science. Right. It's a philosophy. Right, one plus one equals two. Right, you know that's not something you go into a lab to prove. Right, right? that's something you derive logically. Like you know, Dr. Sproul brought up the uh, the law of non self or, uh, uh, non contradiction. Mm-hmm. Right, that's something you can derive logically. Right. Scientists these days tend to be very crummy philosophers, don't you? Uh, but, <laughs> uh, but like you know, like it, it really should be the ba- it's the basis of science. And there's one guy. You know, I recommend actually he's an agnostic, but he's a very well thought, thought out, intelligent agnostic. He's also a critic of evolution, and that's a guy named David Berlinski. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's got a doctorate in both mathematics and biology, and he'll actually sit there and he'll kind of, you know, like permutate like the odds of a cow turning into a whale <laughs> in a very humorous way, right? And but the, that's a key thing here is that when we're talking about these things, these aren't scientific issues; they're philosophical issues. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of, there's obviously a lot of absurdity to some of the ideas that come up with for the existence of the universe, but I think it it parallels very much with the absurdities they often come up with to try to support their idea of Mm -hmm. macroevolution. Are you guys familiar with that whole um, idea that, hopefully I say it right, entogeny recapitulates phylogeny? I've heard of it. So it's the idea... That the fetus in the womb goes through the entire evolutionary process from amoeba to man before it is born. And I remember seeing someone talk about how absurd that was because you better be careful if you have a premature child, you know, it might fly out the window or something because it hasn't finished evolving into man. Well, I mean, that's, I mean you, you see that in their argument for, for the clump of cells thing. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, exactly. It's just a yeah. way to redu- reduce it. You know? yeah. That's not a baby. It's the clump of cells because yeah. it hasn't evolved into an actual person right. yet. I, I just saw something. Um, I was at my parents' house, and I think my dad was watching something. But in this in this TV show, they somebody I, it just caught my ear. Somebody said, "Have you decided?" And she said. She said, yeah, she decided to keep her baby. And I thought, isn't that funny? Because if she had decided not to, what would she have said? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She said, I decided not to keep her baby. Yeah, that's just <laughs> so, such a funny thing. It's like, oh, you know, tonight I decided not to murder my family. Just yeah. so <laughs> kind of decision is that? Yeah, it's an easy hypothesis to test, though. You just take a one-month-year-old uh, child from the womb, go to the ocean, you know, see if a little sucker can swim. Right, you know, if it's fish, yeah, right, you, know, <laughs> <Right>. you would think. <laughs> All right, so did was there anything that was not clear tonight? We understand everything, or I understand everything. My question, no, go ahead. Uh, I, I, I was just wondering this the 
other day because I just happened to read this. Um, and I was noticing how sometimes it says, you know, God said, let there be something, and there was something. And then other times it says, he made, and other times it says, he created. And I know we always say he creates, he did everything by the power of his word. But I just wondered, like in the original text, when it's translated, are there different words? Why, why, why doesn't it always say he said or he, you know what I mean? What, why are there different translations? No, no, no. Uh, it's, 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 it's from, like, the, from is, the old Hebrew into the English. The right. What are the differences in the original words? That Why is it sometimes he said and sometimes he made and sometimes he created? Yeah. In, in different passages you're talking about, or you're talking about just a, yeah, okay. all, yeah. all throughout Genesis. Oh, oh okay. I was making sure we weren't talking about just different yeah. translation differences. No, but it's, okay. it's pretty much in, in every, well, I don't know about some translations, but most translations through that creation What's account, that it is. Those yeah. three words are quite interchangeable. Right. And so the question is, is it all one original Hebrew word, or are there different Hebrew words? Well, I'm assuming it's not. If it was the same word, then they mm -hmm. would always say that they would... Well, he mentioned it in the video as Bera, which uh, is only used in relation to God. Hmm. And that's through the that's in the Old Hebrew through the creation account. And it's only ever applied to God creating and not to something that like we would do with raw materials or anything like that. But it would be, so that's when it's the, that's when it says the word creation. Created. Yeah. Created. Yeah, so that's the whole ex nihilo, right? Yes. So you're that's, talking that's about the, the true power of creation is to... Yeah, from to, nothing. From nothing to make something appear. Right. Um, whereas when we say we create something, we're just reforming is all we're doing. Right. Kind of a qualifying question kind of tied to this. I've heard that word bar, bar correlated to bar, as in bar mitzvah or bar Joseph, mm -hmm. like, you know, the son of, almost like this creative act and having mm -hmm. children as well. I don't know if that's... Got any basis, Kyle? Sorry, but <laughs> I am not a Hebrew expert, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that, that that you know, I said take that with a little bit of a grain of salt because I can't remember where it was coming from. But that's the context I've heard that used the, the, the mm -hmm. created word used with. So, Anelo midavir ivrit. I do not speak Hebrew. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only Hebrew I know. <laughs> that's all you need to know. Right? <laughs> uh, all right, uh, can I borrow your... Yeah, sorry. So we're just going to read real quick chapter 4 of our confession because it's a chapter of creation, so it's dealing with this topic, um, just to see what, what we confess. Um, so chapter 4, paragraph 1. In the beginning it pleased God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for the manifestation of the glory of His eternal power, wisdom, and goodness to create or make the world and all things therein, whether visible or invisible, in the space of six days, and all very good. Paragraph 2. After God had made all other creatures, he created man, male and female, with reasonable and immortal souls, rendering them fit unto that life to, for which, <coughs> to God for which they were created, being made after the image of God, in knowledge, righteousness, and true holiness, having the law of God written in their hearts, and power to fulfill it, and yet under a possibility of transgression, transgressing, being left to the liberty of their own will, which was subject to change. Paragraph 3. Besides the law written in their hearts, they received a command not to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, 
which while they kept, they were very happy in their communion with God and had dominion over the creatures. And of course, we know the, how the story goes on after that. Um, <laughs> they soon fell, and thus we have sin entering into creation of man. Um, so it's, it's pretty brief in our confession when it talks about creation, but honestly, um, I don't think it's something that has to be drawn out too much. I mean, if you're, if you're a believer, I think it's pretty clear that God well, created the universe. Just, it just, that in, in, in logic, the, the just basic rules of logic. It, yeah. It, nothing we see, I mean, that's when I say that, that perpetual Romans 1, I mean, we're, uh, where the rest of the world will deny the existence when it is very clear to them in nature, just thinking. Mm -hmm. And we will do, outside of faith, we'll do everything we can to explain away and mm -hmm. not have any accountability to our Creator. Well, and that, that's what it boils down to, right? And they don't want the accountability of it, right? right. They want to be their own God. That's right. And so they try to find any reason they can come up with why God must not exist. Right. Yeah. yeah, it was touched upon in the video uh, going to paragraph one of the confession uh, and sin, saying what we know in Genesis one that God created it was it was all very good as the confession says. Uh, the idea of agnosticism and a few other philosophies saying that matter is inherently evil. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember learning about that in school. You know, twenty years ago, and oh, that sounds a little ridiculous. <laughs> and yet here we are, mm -hmm. where with the environmentalism and everything else, now we're actually like you know, carbon is now evil, right? Yeah. Carbon makes up everything. What yeah. <laughs> no, but like, you know, I think I said to Erica a while ago, it's like, you know, in school you grow up, like, you learn carbon's the black ball. Mm -hmm. I wonder if it was purple, if we would have such a everyone's view of it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, like, you know, you can see now how, like, the enemy is using the same old tricks all over and over. Mm -hmm. It's just repackaged, right? But it's the same thing, whereas this stands in direct contrast to the timeless word of God and to what you're saying, John, about how 500 years ago when the confession was written, that didn't need a greater explanation. It was just God created everything. It was very good. Right. I don't think there were a whole lot of people that were arguing the point on, on the matter of where did we come from, right? Yeah. So. Well, you look at time timelines, it wouldn't take, what, a, a, another century or so? And then you have Darwinism, you have Marxism. Two centuries. Two centuries. Yeah. So you have uh, Marxism and Darwinism are at the forefront mm -hmm. and... It's, it's like we've lost, and then you go through the Enlightenment, and those people were on, had to be on some good drugs. <laughs> and you read anybody, you read anything out of the Enlightenment, it's like, oh my god! Well, all I'll say is Erica. Erica asked me kind of to watch Sense and Sensibility last night. And, uh, I kind of have an understanding of how the Enlightenment came about now. <laughs> 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 but one question, just clarification on that too. Um, uh, chapter four of our confession is the, pretty much a facsimile of the Westminster West Confession, mm -hmm. too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So was no change in that chapter. Yeah. yeah, don't think there needed to be, but yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, any last thoughts or questions on uh, creation here? If not, uh, we will look forward to our next session, number 17, Angels and Demons, which will be on January 23rd. Same time, same bat channel. So, um, Matthew, will you close us in prayer? Sure.
Heavenly Father, we thank you very much for this time tonight uh, where we get to come together uh, and to fellowship and to glorify you as we learn more from what seems like such a small passage of Scripture, but such a powerful passage nonetheless, Lord. And the greatest thoughts of men don't even come close to just the, the beginning of your word and its immense uh, regality, Lord. We thank you very much that we get to delight in this. Uh, that uh, that you, from the very beginning of time, and even from before time, had uh, our good in, in mind, and that uh, through, through your act of creation, you brought about the story of our redemption and restoration to yourself. Uh, we pray for everyone here in this room tonight, that, uh, that we would have a greater love for you and a greater appreciation for who you are, from uh, the account in Genesis uh, 1 that we were uh, reflecting upon today, uh, that uh, you would uh, teach our hearts uh, to rest in you and in, in your, your glorious truths and that there is nothing better uh, that man can come up with in his word uh, that compares to this, Lord. And uh, I pray that this would equip us to share with others who are looking for hope as well, even those who, that, who do not know your son, uh, that they would come to um, saving faith and submission and bowing their knee will, uh, willingly before you through the work of, uh, of your your spirit uh, and through the giving of faith to these uh, to these people, Lord, uh, through the witness of your word, uh, which is pure and clean and, and perfect in every way. We thank you again, and we ask that you would uh, guide us safely to our homes tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you all.